Hello and welcome back to Movies on My Mind. I'm Rosie and today it is my last film bro film and I'm finishing it off with American Psycho from 2000 directed by Mary Heron. Now, this one's an interesting one because it is actually directed by a woman, yet it's coming under the film bro theme. And that is simply because of its popularity with men. They love this film and it's so memed everywhere. It's on TikToks, on Instagram. And I want to know why, you know, why is it this film is popular? So, of course, I watched it. I hadn't seen it properly. I'd seen it in memes, but I actually hadn't seen it all the way through. So I've seen it. And I like it, but it is where the analysis comes in, where it gets a little bit weird. So basically, the backstory of this whole episode is I watched it the other day, wrote some notes down, my first impression, etc. And then today I decided I was going to do a bit more research around the film. And I usually sometimes I go on YouTube and I look around and see if I can find some you know analysis videos and things like that I watched quite a few I think I watched five or six and they all kind of say the same thing which is fair enough because it's a popular viewpoint some add some challenges into it but basically it's kind of the same thing in different fonts and one thing that kind of came out to me was these were all men who did these videos and this analysis i did not find a single video that was narrated and created by a woman which i find find is a little bit strange only because again this film is directed by a woman which in terms of this whole film bro culture and this whole film bro theme that i've been doing is so rare yet this film doesn't necessarily have a female following if that makes sense and for good reason it it, re- it it shouldn't necessarily it's yeah i'm going to talk about it but anyway so this film is based on a book that came out in the early 90s and the book was very controversial when it came out a lot of people were calling it misogynistic the author had like death threats he had to make a statement to say that it's not misogynistic because it's art and he was using the misogynistic character then to create a critique on the patriarchy which is fair enough and then people started to kind of take a side and then this film then got produced and was directed by a woman so it's an interesting one and arguably one of christian bell's most famous characters definitely this film let me talk about what this film is about so this film is about a guy called patrick bateman and he works in like corporate america on wall street so proper businessman in suits briefcase in hand he's got an office he's got a secretary he has business cards etc etc he keeps himself incredibly polished and clean and fit he cares so much about his own appearance and he tries to create with his facade and make sure it doesn't fall away so he's always a certain version of himself now it starts to get a little bit weird because he has murderous thoughts and then we see him actually murder people so he becomes this kind of serial killer and these murders do get progressively worse and more primal and crazy and feral and then at the end it kind of gets a little bit ridiculous and you know he's having a shootout with some cops he killed an old lady he killed a cat i know he didn't actually kill the cat i think he just dropped it and after all these murders he 
actually confesses to his lawyer and says, I've done all these things, put me in jail, call the cops, put me on trial, catch me for this. And it's left ambiguous, spoilers, because when he goes and talks to this lawyer in person, the lawyer does not care at all. He's gaslit incredibly. You're left with the question of, is this even real? Did he commit any of those murders? So it's interesting. And the environment of when this film takes place is very like business, very corporate, very structured, very powerful. These people are powerful people who have wealth, are well-educated and care a lot for social status. So much so that they lose their humanity in order to maintain their status. So, for example, Patrick Bateman is engaged to someone, I think she's called Evelyn, played by Reese Witherspoon. That is completely and utterly for show because they're both sleeping with other people whilst they're engaged. So things like that are happening, and that happens on a large scale when all of these people come together. Basically, when Patrick first... I think he murders the homeless person first. There is a homeless man, and he just goes... And he finds him in the street and he's like, who are you? And then he insults him and then stabs him and kills him for absolutely no reason. The reason being that he is disgusting and should get a job, which again shows his ignorance and his kind of wealth and how that has influenced his attitude towards people. And then after that, Paul Allen, who's played by Jared Leto, he's also, he was also in Fight Club, he is a threat to... Bateman because his business card is better his business card is better and Paul Allen confuses Patrick Bateman for another guy who does the exact same job and Bateman has the same hairdresser but his haircut is slightly better so again there's a competition between this and he gets so frustrated with him that he invites him over and kills him with an axe which is an iconic scene that is very memeable And then there is a detective that kind of comes on the scene, Willem Dafoe, and he interviews him about it, but never actually catches him. Now, because of the ambiguity at the end of the film, a lot of people have said that maybe this detective is not real. I kind of agree with that in some ways because, you know, he doesn't ask necessarily the right questions and he kind of asks questions that are maybe more ambiguous. It doesn't feel like he's a detective, if that makes sense. There is something beyond his character that may makes him not feel like a detective that genuinely wants to find this murderer because things he asks he could because we see everything through Patrick's eyes he very easily could have come to the conclusion that it was him multiple times yet it doesn't happen and at one point there's an album that Bateman listens to before he kills Paul Allen that we know because we've seen it in the scene but the detective doesn't know and he kind of gets out of the bag and goes oh what oh this is such a great album but anyway so he kind of holds that and it's like "Mm, is that real then that's such a coincidence you know and the detective kind of just disappears after a while when patrick confesses to his crimes he does not go to the detective he goes straight to his lawyer which of course you probably would but at the same time he just disappears so Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe morally speaking, because this film is incredibly morally grey, I think the detective could necessarily, would represent his conscience or a part of him that wants justice and wants him to be the good guy, you know? There's kind of like a hero potential within Patrick Bateman. I think that is why people empathise with him, because in some ways he is trying to escape 
environment that is trapping him. I don't know whether he is a character you should empathise with necessarily. Like, he's very, very questionable. I can see how that happens. I can see why people do that. And I think that the detective was that conscience um, being like, own up for what you've done. Do you have a clean slate? Because there is kind of this obsession with cleanliness that Patrick Bateman has. So his apartment is so empty. There is nothing in there. It's so clean, you know. And again, that relates to the wealth and the kind of society that he's in where there's nothing there. He calls himself hollow it is, there's nothing there. His apartment definitely represents that 100%. But at the same time, there's a cleanliness to it. Even though he's doing these murders, he's cleaning up perfectly afterwards. And it's kind of like, he's trying to maintain this image, yet there's this mess that he's leaving behind. Like, no one can be completely clean. And he's trying to repress that side of him that is more chaotic and evil and messy. <laughs> and complicated you know his crimes are emotionally charged but in a, a kind of weird way he says the only emotions he can feel are greed and disgust so when he feels those emotions that is when he is kind of influenced inspired to kill when he feels those things so yes and the rest of himself he is represses because it's not useful within his sphere of working he would not be as successful as he is now if he had an emotional self and if he had emotional awareness because we as the viewer are the emotional self because when we watch it we think it's ridiculous you know this is satire at its like best because it is so ridiculous to us but the problem with the film now it's not a problem it's after you know 20 so years of it being out it is still relevant in a scary way to the point where it's not necessarily satire anymore because we know that people like him exist and many of us will be familiar with the feelings that Patrick Bateman has. This emptiness inside of him, this constant need for distraction that progressively gets worse and more violent and just because he's repressing it all the time but also because maybe these feelings were there all the time but he just didn't know what to do with them. Our whole lives are on social media. We're constantly thinking about our image, our outer image and how other people see us. So these feelings that Patrick Bateman has are 100% feelings that a lot of us, because we all have access to the internet, feel. So in that way, he's an empathetic character. And unfortunately, if the world continues the way in which it is, he becomes an increasingly empathetic character. And I don't know whether he was ever intended to be an empathetic character. He is definitely in a critique on that society. And I think that the empathy mainly comes from the film version since his the book was so controversial. Now, I've not read the book, but I've heard a lot about it. And the in the book, the crimes are incredibly more graphic and his character is fully... Like, like in a book, you can't necessarily... You don't have to like a character in a book, if that makes sense. The story kind of keeps going whether you like the character or not. And it's kind of more an exploration into his psyche and his mental sphere. In the film, to make it watchable, his character is turned into some sort of anti-hero kind of guy. The crimes are toned down and it's not so bad as the book and it's turned into like a story kind of structure. And of course, we have the ambiguity 
in the end. And I think that in the book, it's also ambiguous. So it is up to you whether you think he did these murders or he did not. So I think that his the empathy for his character definitely comes from the film. I watched a video essay about it and they described that the part of his appeal is that he is an ideal man in people's eyes, I guess. To many of us watching this film... Patrick Bateman has the perfect public image. He is clean cut, he is fit, he makes himself attractive, Um, he values how he talks to other people, so much so that he constructs his interactions with people. He knows all the latest knowledge, he is trying to be as current as he can be, although his opinions are maybe bland but yet they are relevant and it seems like he's a popular man like that is why he is an appealing character because although he has this emptiness and this psychotic tendency inside on the outside he has the most public image that you could want I think that that is where it is I mean seeing the film I'm like I can see if I you know if I had an image like Patrick Bateman I think I would be happy you know what I'm saying and that is because we do live in some sort of superficial world in which social media he would be perfect on social media like wouldn't he because you know this lack of humanity means that he can totally focus on his aesthetics and this superficial version of himself that he can put out onto the world so I think that's where his appeal definitely comes from because you know although he is an absolute horrific person he has that public image so in some ways it's showing us that when you are like that you can get whatever you want I know he's not happy but there is still some appeal in it because our society is led by you know that kind of attitude the people we look up to on social media and the people that we follow and the people that everyone says they want to be like are people who portray themselves like Patrick Bateman. So how on earth are you supposed to not empathise with that in some ways? That shows the absolute problem that is is happening because that is not how you live a fulfilled life, yet everyone's on social media, there are children on social media, that kind of thing. So we are fed these ideas of a perfect life that aren't true very early on. And only when you live that, only when you finally achieve those things, do you realise that that is not fulfilling at all and turns you into a kind of empty potential monster that cannot be happy and has to go to extreme means to even feel anything. So I think that is probably one of the scariest aspects of the film. But the other scary aspect is that Patrick Bateman is also a character that people look up to because he is successful but because people like him really 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 exist and they can continue to get away with their behavior and I think this is where kind of gender plays into his character as well because one thing that I did not experience when I was watching these video essays was absolutely anybody talking about gender I think that is kind of a little bit bizarre because I'm thinking, what if Patrick Bateman was a woman? I mean, this is ridiculous and people would not like that and it wouldn't necessarily work the same. But this is the that's the point because masculinity is projected onto the world from the patriarchy the way that Patrick Bateman is and the way he presents himself. That is a massive problem. That is not okay. And I think that this film does have women in the film. And I think it's really interesting as to how the men treat the women, 
um, and how that is not questioned in these video essays. Never questioned. It's kind of a given thing, which is, again, a problem because people like Patrick Bateman exist within the environment that he lives in. It's incredibly male-dominated. Men are in the suits. Do we see any women who are at equal standing to these men? No, we don't. We see the women as secretaries, wives, uh, fiancés, and then prostitutes. Now, in terms of society and social position, there is a massive difference between the women that we see because we see these wealthy women with status compared to prostitutes. And surely those two positions in society should not exist together yet they do. Again, I suppose that kind of is about corruption of that. Again, works into the whole arrogant, ignorant disrespect and total power that people born from money who get high positions, etc, etc. The influence that they have is that they can do whatever they want with anyone. That does not make any sense. But what I am trying to say is I am interested in how the men in this film treat women. Now, they have many misogynistic discussions and overall this movie is incredibly misogynistic. And it is because this film is satire. But this part of the satire is never discussed. What people talk about is the arrogance out of the rich and the rich people and the wealthy people. But no one ever discusses the arrogance of the misogynistic comments because we are supposed to just hear them talk about that and we can go straight away. Those are businessmen, that's just what they're like. Should they be like that? Should they be making comments like that? Absolutely not. And it further indicates that this is an incredibly toxic environment in which the patriarchy as well as capitalism have complete full reign. Bateman is not just struggling with the capitalism part of this but he's also struggling with the patriarchy part of this because if the patriarchy did not exist would Bateman have the amount of struggles that he already has no he would not and I think that the whole world would be very different and people don't discuss it at all and I'm very confused because that was one thing I noticed and I want to talk about the representation of women in this story and in this film and again, what's interesting is this film is directed by a woman, so it doesn't feel too different from any other film bro film that I've seen. Incredibly male-dominated, and women usually take minor roles, and they don't have necessarily massive influence within the story. They might have something to do with how the narrative kind of flows and maybe emotional problems that the men have. But apart from that, they are not necessarily used within the films for any good reason. Like, again, the Bechtel test is not passed and is not passed in this film either. So I'm going to talk about the different women in this film. So uh, Patrick Bateman interacts with his secretary, his fiance, the other kind of high, the women of society, the woman that he's sleeping with, he's married to someone else. And then also these prostitutes that he ends up killing. So I just want to go through everyone on their own. Okay, so I've talked about Evelyn before. So they're together, but they're not really together. And then there's the other woman as well. He doesn't respect either of them. They are objects to him. They are a means to an end. They 
help his societal position so he does not kill either of them because again they mean something to his societal position then we have the secretary which i think is one of the interesting more interesting ones because he does not kill her he nearly kills her but doesn't so in one of the video essays that i i watched one person commented on this and they said that the reason why he did not kill her was because there was a human connection between him and her now already he has many traits of like a psychopath and psychotic behavior and he cannot feel empathy and i do not fully believe that he empathized with her on a human level and that is why he did not kill her they were not interacting long enough for this to happen i don't believe i think what fascinated him about her was because she did not buy into the things that his life is all about she is not necessarily within that society fully she's only partially in that society so therefore he might find reason to not kill her because it does not anger him in that way because she is not part of that society so what would he have against her but again neither are the prostitutes in some sense so actually what makes them different there is a lack of arrogance in her character there is a lack of self-entitlement which is similar to um, the kind of reasoning of her not being in that kind of clicky society. But she did talk about her future in their discussion. And I think that was interesting because future was rarely discussed anywhere. It was kind of, I don't know, everyone kind of lived day to day, if that made sense. No one had any ambition because they'd already reached the top. So where is their for them where is it there to go they've just got to climb this corporate ladder but when you get into that skyscraper what more can you do she was talking about traveling and escaping this life and again you could call that empathy but that would make her different to everybody else you know she had a life outside of her work which fascinates Bateman a tiny bit because that is what he's trying to achieve even with his killings he's trying to achieve that also in some ways her character is maybe a threat to his facade because she very quickly became vulnerable with him because again she was not necessarily a fully confident person she's not protected by this society and she does not need to create a false persona for herself because nobody seems to care so she is just genuinely herself and there's a vulnerability to that which makes her unpredictable the one thing that bateman is really good at is predicting other people what they're going to do you know what they're going to say always fabricates his conversations he goes to the dinner table with his friends and he already has a list in his head of what exactly he's going to say and they don't care because they're not listening to him who knows no one knows who they are because they get interchanged and everyone gets confused for each other so who cares no meaning whereas when she steps into his home she kind of respects his home in some ways because there's some bits where she puts like some stuff on the table or she doesn't put the spoon in the right place etc and he says and points it out and she listens to him and moves it because she is respecting his house if that makes sense that is not predictable behavior that he has in his head so he has already constructed this killing in his brain of how he's going to kill her we know that because later in the film she actually discovers his diary because she kind of has an inkling that something's not right that's kind of his downfall at the end where he rings her and he's like i can't go into the office today it's all gone wrong etc etc but he doesn't 
she goes into his office and gets his diary and there is loads and loads of drawings of violence against women, killing women, killing people, incredibly violent drawings. He fantasizes about these killings before he does them. So he's already fantasized about killing um, his secretary. However, she throws a curveball at him because she genuinely comes around to his house and starts talking to him in a way people don't talk to him. And she respects his boundaries and his rules after he tells her to put things in a certain way uh, in his house. Because if that was anybody of his other friends, they wouldn't give a shit and they would do whatever they wanted. You know, you see um, Paul Allen before he gets killed in his house. He's sprawled over his sofa and he doesn't really respect his environment because it just looks like everybody else's apartment. However, his secretary comes in, is quite closed off, but she's very polite, sits in a certain way, she's not sprawled all over the place. So I think she offers a threat to his persona because she doesn't necessarily buy into it or she doesn't accept it. And what is he without his persona? Absolutely nothing. So that is how easy it is to break him down. Just by being honest to him and listening to him and being genuine, he's faced with a human connection here and he doesn't like it because he can't predict what she's going to do or what she's going to say. Therefore, if you're trying to kill her in a certain way that you have fantasized about, you wouldn't be able to do it because you don't know how she's going to act. You cannot predict. His other killings are predictions and fabrications, which is why he hires prostitutes and things like that, because they are paid to do what he says. As horrible as that is, and objectifying as that is, he treats women as objects. But his secretary he cannot treat as an object because she offers these things that he cannot predict. He cannot pay her. He cannot control her because she has her own life and she has a life outside of this world that everyone lives in that is technically then a construction of certain societal rules and and wealth and things like that and they all have conventions but she is not part of it therefore she's not a safe person to kill you know if you're a serial killer you're not gonna go for a victim you cannot predict and how they predict they act. In some ways, that could actually open up the theory that, I mean, I've spoken about it already, but the theory that he didn't kill these people, they're all fabrications as head, they're not real, because her death wouldn't be a fantasy. It wouldn't be a construction, which he would get with prostitutes. She has a life. He would notice if she was missing. It just does not make sense for him to kill her. He cannot exert his anger on capitalism and on the patriarchy by killing her. So I'm a little bit confused right now. Right, let me talk about the prostitutes and now I'm going to talk about the constructions. So he hires some prostitutes, kills them, puts them in the closet, etc. Horrible, horrible stuff. Now, what's interesting is that he does not doubt in his head that he's going to kill these prostitutes. It is just something he does. It's giving Jack the ripper. Unfortunately, it's a very easy way to end up killing someone because again they are paid to do what you say you know they do not give out their identities there is no identity to them therefore they are just as empty as patrick is so when he kills them it's basically kind of like a reflection of himself these people are empty inside too just as empty as he is in depictions in media a prostitute and a wall street businessman are two very very different things and in society you would listen to a businessman you would allow a businessman to get away with whatever he was doing because he's a businessman 
but he's empty inside, right? But a prostitute? Nah, you just disrespect them. You can kill them if you want. It's so strange, and I think it's a massive juxtaposition. Now, I don't think you're supposed to compare them, because obviously, he's killing them, whatever. What? However, in some ways, these prostitutes represent Patrick, because he is empty inside, you know, he is a persona. He takes on a different personality through every person he meets. He constructs what he's going to say. And that is exactly the same thing as what a prostitute does. So in some ways, they are the same thing. But society does not allow us to see them as the same. And again, there's this whole thing with what if Patrick was a woman, etc, etc. Then society would definitely hate her. And this is the problem. If Patrick's character was a woman in a high job like that, she would face criticism, judgment. People would physically actually be looking at her constantly. You know what I'm saying? Looking for mistakes, but also objectifying her. There would be absolutely no escape and no one would listen to her. And the awful thing is that Patrick is doing the exact same thing, yet everyone listens to him and people respect him. Now, Arguably, within the context of the film, no one respects him or listens to him. But everyone respects his persona, and everyone respects what he has to say. Respect means that people are letting him speak. So I know people say that no one can hear him and no one is respecting him because of that society, and no one respects each other, etc, etc. But if that position was filled by a woman, then no one would even allow her to speak. You know what I'm saying? So these wives of these big businessmen low-key have a worse time not saying everyone has a worse time but in a different way they are trapped as well as patrick is but it's not discussed because the patriarchy allows bateman to have this power that the women do not and therefore people like bateman see women as objects because society wants them to see them that way i don't know what i'm saying here <laughs> but it was yeah, and this is why this film is satire because it's ridiculous but it's also true but people don't really see that side of it it's kind of a given and that again is the strangest thing because that means that it is real then so that part of their discussion is real but it's satire right and again this is why this film is so relevant even today because half of this film is fantasy and constructions and satire and comedy, but half of it is actual horror and reality. These people like Patrick exist and no one is going to stop them because justice does not exist. Now, this film greatly ends with justice not existing because we're left with ambiguity. Part of Patrick's character really wants to own up and for what he's done. So he, you know, he brings up his lawyer, like I said before, and his lawyer does not listen to him and gaslights him and is like, I had dinner with Paul Allen last week. How is he dead? But we've seen him die. So in some ways we are on Patrick's side. So there is no, even though he did the killings, there's no justice. There is no closure to what he has done. Therefore, that cements the idea that people in power like Patrick, especially these men, do not face consequences for their actions. And the people who do face consequences for their actions are the prostitutes and the people that he kills. And did they do anything half as bad as Patrick did? Absolutely not. So it's definitely a class thing. I think there's a lot of things to do with wealth in this film, 100%, and that's always what people pick up on. As well as wealth, there's also this patriarchy and this capitalism and you know, all that kind of thing. And unfortunately, when you combine all these together, you get something that is 
very, very close to reality, but quite not. And I think that if these murders were not elaborate and the end sequence got a bit crazy with the he shoots a police car and it blows up, etc, etc, all that kind of stuff, if we didn't have that ridiculousness to it, it would be too real. And if we didn't have any of this construction, it would be too real and people would not see it as a satire. Now, there are probably people out there who don't see it as a satire. I think, to be fair, for me, I do see it as satire, but at the same time, you kind of don't. So it's part of the whole illusion of the film. But I don't know whether that was the original intention. I don't know whether that's because I've watched this film now and when it came out, people would have viewed it differently. Yeah, that, it's definitely something I got and I think it's one of the scariest films in terms of, of the satire being not quite satire and when is the time where that satire isn't so i was going to talk about the constructions so construction in terms of him fantasizing about the killings constructing everything it not being real some people say that some of the murders are real and some are not i kind of agree with that i think that some are plausible definitely and he has motives to do them and commit them but some of them especially the last few might not be real because they're quite elaborate and based on fiction. Based on fiction for him includes porn and horror films. I love some of these shots in this film because there's one where he's on the phone to somebody and he's sat in his room and on the TV is like porn playing and he does not care. He's just sitting there and he's on his phone call. He's completely desensitized to the whole entire thing because he simply does not feel anything. So it's just normal for him he's also like working out sometimes with like a horror film playing in the background and things like that so that is how some people have kind of explained his constructions and his fantasies because they're solely based on his escape from reality which is tv and media and music and all of the things that are thrown at us when we have no excuse but to escape into something that isn't reality so maybe patrick is living too much in his media consumed life to the point where he's hallucinating his real life because he doesn't want to live in reality anymore he wants to escape and that is kind of the big thing that people say going on i think it kind of relates to the title i mean american psycho there's you know a lot of mental stuff maybe not quite real stuff going on not physical stuff, more mental. I think that also explains the behaviour of the people that he's with as well. These people are mentally and emotionally not all there. This is not a physical film. This is maybe a mental film. And relating to this whole this whole series that I've done on the, the Film Bro series, we're getting that in Taxi Driver and Fight Club where there is this mental, not quite real element going on. And I think that shows definitely how maybe men in society uh, and people in high-pressured environments and very narcissistic environments are forced to act is to be emotionless, to repress emotion in fear of judgment and what other people will think of you and affecting your persona. I think that that is why a lot of these films that are that appeal to men and men kind of worship are because it's about repressing a part of yourself and again that's what the patriarchy says is that men have to repress part of themselves in order to succeed be liked be an alpha male all that kind of thing and i think that's again another reason why people love especially men love american psycho because it represents a character that has to completely utterly 
be repressed so much that there's nothing left. He's absolutely hollow. There's nothing left inside of him. His constructions where he kills are definitely influenced by the media that he consumes. And again, that shows how important the media that we consume is. Even in this kind of age in which we're on social media all the time, you're on your phone five, six, seven hours a day. What are you consuming in that time and how is that affecting you mentally? physically how is that affecting you and i think that's definitely a lesson you can take from this is that if you want to see uh, patrick's killings as mental constructions escapes from reality then it kind of argues a case of how influential media is to people and us and also a lot in the film you know you see tv you see radio it's used for exposition in scenes it's also used to show you what the society of this film is like and tv and film it's is influential in your life whether you like it or not whether you agree with that or not the media you consume is influential and it shapes who you are and that's definitely the case for here and it's kind of a scary case a satirical case in which you know, what if all these things that you consume actually became your reality? What would happen? And this is kind of an extreme version of that. You know, and it questions people who maybe consume this kind of thing regularly. You know, why? Why are you, ha why are you feeling the need to consume that? Is there a reason here? Are you desensitized to this and want to go to extremes to feel something? Or, you know, is there something going on here? So this film, a lot of people, you know, it's a warning as well as critique. It's fascinating. And I think the more you watch this film, you'll pick up on different things. But it is definitely one that a lot of people talk about and you can take a lot of stuff from it. I feel like I've definitely waffled in this episode. So I'm very sorry if you're bored <laughs> because I have just gone off. I think as well with this film, the one thing that kind of makes me a little bit uneasy is where is the line between maybe empathizing with this film a little bit and romanticizing it. I'm not saying people romanticize this film, but especially on social media and things like that, it is very difficult to see where those two things meet and where those two things collide and where the lines crossed. I think that this film should not be romanticized and should be kept as satire, hopefully keeping it satire as long as possible. I think you can empathize with this film and still be a normal stable human being that's the fascination with this i think is patrick represents someone who is not quite human you know he's an american psycho he has psychotic behavior he could be a psychopath he has many traits of one and yet we still find humanity within this character and this is why i love christian bale's performance so much in this is because although he is mentally insane christian bale still finds the humanity within this character because otherwise we would not want to watch him if he had zero humanity because you cannot watch things that's like watching a robot yet he's not a robot so although his character is psychotic and inhuman he isn't and that i think is one of the scariest things of this whole film is although we say and the character himself says he has zero humanity and he does not feel like a human being he still is and there is still humanity within him, which, yeah, you cannot call him a total monster because otherwise we would not want to watch, we would not want to watch him on the screen. As simple as that. If we don't like a character, if an actor is delivering a performance in 
a non-nuanced way. We don't want to watch it. We won't watch it, but yet people come back and they watch this film. People love Christian Bell's performance in this film. People are romanticising this character sometimes. So there is humanity within him. I don't know where it is, but it is there. And that is a nice place to wrap it up. <laughs> right, I'm going to stop talking. I'm not going to talk anymore. So there are many things you can say about this film. Maybe I'll revisit this film at a later date. Probably will. But I really enjoyed this film. I think it is incredibly thought-provoking and... There are loads of different angles you can take. So, that was American Psycho. Please don't forget to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Movies On My Mind Pods. And you want more films, then please leave a review. And yeah, so this is the end of my Film Row series. And I've learned a lot within it. I think it's definitely made me look at these films in a different way, taking some different criticisms from it. It's definitely been interesting watching films I wouldn't normally want to watch and definitely watching films that are hyped up loads. So seeing them after the hype is interesting, definitely. My favourite one, okay, right. I'm going to give you my favourite one. What is my favourite one of all of the ones I've done? So I did... Uh, Pulp Fiction, Fight Club, Taxi Driver, I was going to forget, Inglorious Bastards, and American Psycho. I think my top three, I really, I found out I really don't like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> so I'm sorry if you like him, but I'm never watching a single film he's ever done ever again. I really don't like him. So I found that out. My favourites were Fight Club, Taxi Driver, and American Psycho. I think... Out of them three, I like them all. To be fair, I'm going to say this is controversial, but my favourite out of those three was actually Taxi Driver. Now, that sounds bizarre, but I really love the cinematography of that, and it really surprised me, that film did, and I love Robert De Niro in it as well. Obviously, I've had my discussions about it. You can go listen to that episode if you want, if you've seen Taxi Driver. If you haven't, you never heard of it, and you want to branch out your film knowledge then I can see why it's a classic. Go and see it. Go and watch it. I did, I'd say, that was probably my favourite film bro film I've reviewed. But they're all good. And I can see why they're all hyped in some ways, but they're not in others. Anyway, so that is everything done. That is all my film bro films. I'm hopefully not going to get harassed on TikTok ever again. I doubt that's going to happen. But anyway, we're going to keep going. So next week, I'm going to start back with some normal films, some normal suggestions, random suggestions, of course, not normal random and yeah so i hope you enjoyed this episode it was a bit crazy but i will see you again next week and this was american psycho